Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, team. And uh, what a joy to wish you a happy new year. Uh, blessed new year in the Lord. And uh, I, I feel so blessed to think that um, I had not met any of you face to face. I'd met about seven of you through some Zoom meetings, but none of you face to face at this point last year. And uh, I had no idea that this is where we'd be. And we regularly quote Psalm 16, the boundary lines have fallen for us in pleasant places uh, because we are part of this Christian family. And we're so grateful uh, to be among you all. what awesome three services we had on Christmas Eve. I hope you, if you didn't get here, you got to introduce somebody to them. Just what a delight. And I have to say, I love having the kids here. So no parents, do not worry if your kids make noise. That is awesome. I love it. It is a sound of a living, vital church. So uh, be free in all of that this morning. Uh, but I you know, we begin a new year. Uh, one, one of my Christmas gifts uh, that Liz got me are blank journals. And I thought, like, what a great way to begin. Even though my journal isn't all completed from the last year, just to start. It, the gift of a new year is kind of like that blank journal. And God's uh, gift to us, you know, he made it so uh, the sun rotates and we have this thing called a new day. And the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Uh, and then, um, I don't know when and how they discovered it, you know. Well, well, we have the new month, right? We get a new moon every month, roughly every month. So you start a new month. And then this idea that we take this lap around the sun and it takes 365 and then we start another lap. And all those are um, signposts, I think, to us that God loves to make all things new. He loves to make us new. He loves to give us new starts and new life. Uh, And the way we enter into that and what I want to talk to you about today is faith. But before we do that, um, let's bow ourselves before our God. I want to just lead us in committing this new year uh, to our God. And we're going to begin with the words that Jesus taught us to pray. And uh, we'll have those up on the screen that we can say them, but we're not just saying them, really pray them uh, as we begin together. So let's bow our hearts and pray. We'll begin with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Oh God, we come to you on this first day of a new year. And we are so thankful that we can call upon your name and call upon you as a father. Lord, we would not dare to call you father. We would have no warrant for it. We would have no basis for understanding that you are the tenderest of fathers and that you love us. Lord, let that get through to us, um, that your love for us is like that of a parent for their offspring. Um, it is a love that cannot really be suppressed, but it arises upon sight, upon mention, upon the name. And such is your love toward us. And your love is a holy love. Uh, We are taught, Lord, that your name be hallowed. And so your fatherly love for us is not just for our own wants and wishes, but it is for the purposes that are holy that have a beauty and luster in themselves that is unmarred by even the slightest tinge or taint or shadow of anything that is not perfect, perfect morally, 
perfect in all ways, Lord. Uh, And you call us into that. Lord, how good it is to know in this new year, we enter it with a father who loves us, whose purposes are so stunning and beautiful and who calls us to it, Lord, and even included in this prayer uh, is that uh, your kingdom is advancing. We want your kingdom to come where you are the boss, where you are in authority, Lord, uh, everything flows in order and in symmetry and beauty. And Lord, that's what we want for our lives. And so be the first in our lives and help us to surrender everything else under that, Lord, um, that your will would be done in our lives and that your will would ultimately be done on this earth even as it is being perfectly done in, in heaven. Uh, Lord, thank you in this prayer that we recognize in a new year that we don't see all things subject to you in this broken world. There is rebellion. There's rebellion in our own hearts. There is disquiet and discord. There is violence that we cannot even imagine uh, and malice, uh, one person to another, being expressed even. And yet, Lord, you have promised us this is not the promised end, that this uh, is but a broken uh, but real foretaste of the God who is going to come into it and not trash what you've made by making a new thing, but you were going to make this broken uh old thing new you're going to not just make new things you're going to set this world right and so we come to you lord on this threshold and we would bow our lives and selves before you we would pray not only for every person in this room we would pray for everyone who is connected with uh, clc family we would pray for the community that we touch for the families uh, that are included under all of those who call CLC their home. We would pray for the mission field that we are immediately proximate to. And we would pray that the reign of Jesus Christ would increase and that we would be your instruments for that. That as long as you give us breath, Lord, we could live that out. Uh, And so we stand on the threshold of this new year. We really don't stand on it. We bow before you, the God uh, who we live before. And we pray that you would fill us with joy and peace as we trust in you. And that, Lord, you would cause the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight and also edifying, uplifting, life-giving to us as we gather. Um, We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to just quickly talk to you this morning and rally ourselves around the most important thing Uh, that I believe is clearly and unmistakably the most important thing that we can carry into a new year. Uh, And it is something that is the most important. It it is something that fluctuates, and we need to be aware that we need each other because we fluctuate in this asset that is the most important asset that we have. But that if we have this particular asset, um, it brings with it a host of, of other blessings. Uh, Has anybody guessed what I'm talking about yet? Uh, I'm talking about the asset of faith. Faith is beyond all of the other assets. It is the destiny determining uh, asset and it is the most important thing that we can carry into a year that we don't know what it's going to throw at us. We don't know um, 
Remember when we started 2020? Remember there were, uh, somebody accumulated these preacher clips of preachers saying, 2020 is gonna be the most awesome year ever. Revival's coming to the church, prosperity, all this, you know, and uh, 2020 was not that, right? (laughs) Not that for our world, not that for virtually any quarter of church that I've heard. And so I wanna speak to you from Hebrews chapter 11, uh, which details to us the importance of faith. So uh, if you'll put that up on the screen, we'll read through these first six verses together. It defines faith. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And then here's the central verse I want to speak from. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Uh, If you're familiar, this whole chapter, Hebrews 11, is like this hall of fame. And yet for each uh, person who acted valiant, uh, some, he says, shut the mouth of lions, speaking of Daniel. It says, by faith, he did that. Um, some received their, their dead, resurrected. It says by faith they did that. Um, uh, and yet it says uh, in this later text, it says, and, and some endured persecution, <laughs> having their, uh, their belongings confiscated for, from them. Some were sawn in two, and it says by faith they were sawn in two. Um, so that whatever they were enduring, what brought God pleasure um, was the faith that they lived in there. And I want to just say that the Bible's very clear that while faith, hope, and love are the trinity, and they are the trinity of assets by which Paul would look at a church. If Paul was looking at CLC, he'd be evaluating faith, hope, and love, right? Um, But I would say the... The engine that feeds love is, is faith. Uh, when Paul wrote about spiritual gifts, he says the greatest way to administer your spiritual gift is through love. Love is that test. But if there's no faith feeding uh, love, then there won't be love. And so uh, as one writer said, faith is the mother bird that feeds all the other assets in our life. In 2023, if you and I want to um, be the absolute best version of ourselves, the version Jesus has in mind, the one that's firing on all cylinders and exercising all the virtues that God wants out of our life, we need to walk in faith. And faith is not simply a positive projection or or a positive point of view, although I'll say being positive is better than being negative any day. (laughs) But faith as defined in Hebrews 11 is ordering our uh, life, our relationships, our challenges, uh, adversity, according to what God has said in his word. That's what each of these individuals uh, are commended for. 
And, and faith is, uh, it's not seen really as something other than receiving the revelation, receiving how God has defined reality and walking that out. Uh, sometimes faith is, is misidentified as faith is our own positive forecast of the outcome we want. That's not faith, that's presumption. But faith in Hebrews 11 is receiving the revelation of God, receiving what God has said, and then taking steps and, and ordering our life in that. Uh, when uh, we receive the good news of the gospel, Christ died for our sins, faith is not a work that we want up, but faith is just, it's the beggar's hand that receives the provision of the complete pardon that Jesus offers us. Or faith is the eye that sees what God has prepared for us, and, uh, or it's the ear that hears the promise of God. That's why Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Uh, and so faith is is the greatest asset. There is nothing equally parallel uh, to the importance of exercising faith and responding to God in faith. There, there is no parallel virtue. Uh, sometimes people think of faith and works as like uh, two horses. I, l- I love the Amish buggies in our area, right? And, uh, but you think of the uh, two horses and, and one is faith and one is works and they're both pulling um, the carriage. Um, that is not the way the Bible looks at it. <laughs> um, because works do not, uh, you know, faith and works are not a team of horses pulling together to get us someplace, faith and works. Uh, it's rather faith alone, because faith alone is the horse that pulls all the other virtues. Um, faith will conjure up works out of thin air. <laughs> uh, but works will never conjure up faith. Uh, and so, uh, <clears throat> you know, you, when the Bible speaks of how we are justified, we are justified before God by faith alone. In fact, that slogan was so clear that James decided to play with us and say, okay, but how do you show me your faith you have to show your faith by works. But he was not saying that works conjure up and lead a life that pleases Christ. And so this is why Hebrews does not say without works it's impossible to please God. No, it says without faith it's impossible to please God because again, faith is, it's, it's the mother uh, nurturer behind all of the other virtues. All of the other virtues get fed by faith. And so if this is our most important asset, Um, How much should we prize living, walking, perceiving, interpreting everything that is going on in our life in an attitude of faith? And you could say that the the whole of the Bible in some ways is written to show us the difference that happens when an individual embraces faith and says, I'm going to walk through this in faith as opposed to walking in unbelief. I I remember, um, and um, it's been about um, seven years now, I, I was on the edge of Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe, and somebody um, had gotten a free um, gorge swing. It wasn't bungee jumping, but it was off of this, you know, 300-foot drop, uh, and you would get strapped into this swing and, and then walked out on a ledge, somewhat like this. Uh, and um, the two guys who were employed. And you know, the, the only thing you, you kind of wonder, you're like, okay, is, is this third world safety protocol <laughs> uh, that's happening here? Uh, and the two gentlemen who were strapping me in, um, 
In, in Zimbabwe, people are often named, the, their English name is the first thing that their uh, mother sees after giving birth. I actually met somebody who was named emergency exit because his mom saw the emergency exit sign named in that, right? So, uh, but the two guys who were strapping me into this contraption where I was going to be pushed off the ledge and like simulating flying, uh, one of them's name was Sanity, and the other's name was Reason. So Sanity and Reason were strapping me into this thing. <clears throat> As I was getting ready to do the crazy thing, you know, and, and, and go off of that cliff. And there are probably there are a couple different ways that somebody could experience that, right? You could, you could fear the worst, shut your eyes, clench your fist, and grit your teeth, and somehow get through this. I mean, this just this thing, this experience landed to me. I would not have purchased it or whatever, but somebody in our group got it, didn't want to use it, and so it wound up in my lap, right? Or you could go through it, and this is what I sought to muster. I, I was to say, I am going to trust that um, sanity and reason know what they're doing, <laughs> and they're strapping me in here, and, and I'm going to fly out over this ledge where the, the falls are almost within hearing, and, you're, and the roaring waters that come underneath the falls are, are, are what would greet me along with crocodiles and hippos that are around this, this shore, right, if I were to fall. Um, and I remember, um, it, was, it was Liz who told me, you know, I it was such a thrill if you've ever done anything like that how many of you have done something like that jumped out of an airplane that's perfectly good bungee jumped I'm seeing quite a few hands here <laughs> quite a few people jump out of perfectly good air. and when you do that kind of thing there's your normal nervous system which evaluates what is happening in terms of your body gravity um, all of those things um, interprets it simply according to, to naked reason. And so what happens, and this is why people are repeat bungee jumpers, what happens is your normal nervous system shoots your body with this adrenaline, right? Because it's assuming you just jumped off a platform, you were free falling, so you're gonna die, you know? So I'm gonna muster every pretty useless use of adrenaline, right? I'm gonna muster all the energy to, in this last whatever few minutes of life you have and see if you can survive this thing, right? And so that happened to me. Uh, though my framework was trusting sanity and reason strapping in. And so when I got off of that ride, my eyes were boogered like I was so energized. I was experiencing everything in overdrive, right? And I was, I, it was an amazing feeling. I'm not sure I want to do it again, but it was an amazing feeling because I had, in a sense, my body just said, you just defied gravity and death and everything else by going through this experience open-eyed. And, and, and I think in that is something about what it means to walk with Jesus in faith is we are defying the finality of our circumstances, our broken world, uh, our continual relapse, uh, relapses into unbelief and sin. That's part of our reality. Uh, we don't get to be beyond what Paul experienced in Romans 7. Uh, we have enough reason to be tired of ourselves, but we aren't to live there. We're to live by looking, for every look at our failures and sins, we're to look to Jesus Christ and live lives of radiant faith. Uh, one of my favorite verses, Psalm 34, 5, says, those who look to the Lord are radiant, their faces are never 
covered with shame. It doesn't say those who look to the Lord never fail. (laughs) It doesn't say those who look to the Lord never have grief. Uh, But it simply says there is a more than compensatory power in Jesus. The surpassing value of Jesus that when we look to him and, and what some of the old Puritan writers said they said for every one look at your sin take ten looks at Jesus and draw on him deeply. And that is, that is the beauty of faith is it puts us in accord with the object of our faith and so we can get through the difficulties of this life not by escaping them not by acting as if they didn't happen or impact us Not by pretending that we don't have griefs and losses, because we do, but we do not grieve as though, the only thing the Bible forbids us to do with grief is don't grieve as though you have no hope. Uh, And and so faith, again, is the launching pad to hope. And so it it, it is your most important asset. And so I just say this, as, as we begin a good year, there are a lot of, there's a lot of advice being given to us, right, about how to maintain our physical health. And that certainly bodily discipline is of some profit, the Bible says. It is of little profit. It keeps us alive and maybe feeling better than we would otherwise. But there are very few voices saying, how do you maintain a vital faith in Jesus? And, 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 and of the two, um, I would dare say, your faith in Jesus is the enduring and, and the greatest factor in, in a coming year. In fact, in Galatians 5, Paul says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love because faith is the generating virtue. So it's, it's the most important. That's what I want you to see first. Secondly, we need to be aware that our faith, because of our frailty, fluctuates. Our frailty and the fact that there are more things coming at us in life than we can maintain a constant, stable um, uh, basis in ourselves. That's just a reality. I mean, we tend to read the Gospels and we read the followers of Jesus and we look at them and say, oh man, they were just such dimwits. Um, I would have done so much better, right? <laughs> How could they be with him for three years and, and not know? But, but, but the whole scope of that is to say that Um, We are not the superheroes. We are not to live our lives as though we did not need Christ, that somehow we have, but what faith does is it makes us able to say, we desperately need Christ and he is incredibly accessible and available to us. And so all of us are like Peter walking on the water, that the moment we take our eyes off of Christ, we slip and fall. Um, and, and so faith is keeping our eyes set upon Jesus Christ. Uh, for, for many people, they think that faith is just being a good person <laughs> and that being a Christian is nothing more than being a good person. And the, and the entire focus of the Christian life is just to eliminate sin, eliminate problems. But that is not what faith is called, calling us to do. It's rather to replicate Uh, the life of Christ to the best degree possible so that we live the life that Christ would live if he were living our lives. That's that's what faith is, and it it fluctuates. Um, I love the story told by Oz Guinness uh, that happened sometime before the uh, Reformation. He said that there was a man who was constantly going to his priest and pestering him and peppering him with all these questions about the faith. And finally, the priest just got tired Um, true story, and gave him a very cherished copy of the four Gospels and said, here, just go read these. 
you know, it was not common to have Bibles, wasn't common to have copies of these. So the man was quite thrilled and went away. And he didn't come back for months. And he just immersed himself in these gospels. He came back to the priest. And here's what he said. He said, either these are not the true gospels or none of us are true Christians, is what he said. He said, either these are not the true gospels or none of us are, are true Christians. <laughs> and what we're after is a life that showcases the reality and the glory of who Jesus is. And our faith fluctuates. And the reality is um, two verses, I think, are often ignored by us, um, sometimes ignored in more... Um, American, where everything seems to work in our society sections. But Matthew 13, 58 says of Jesus, it says, Jesus did not do many mighty works there, speaking of the miraculous, because of their unbelief. Um, that he did not do, but, but because faith was this receptive trigger to the space that God was going to operate in. It's a challenging verse because our faith is not sovereign over what happens, but it is not unimportant. It is part of that equation that God in his mystery uses. And faith is often that it's that, it's that anticipation of what will happen. And the other verse I give you is Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. And it says, encourage one another, brothers and sisters, as long as it is called today. So it's saying, um, how long can you and I live without the encouragement of our faith? Um, one day, I think, is what that verse is saying. Encourage one another daily, brothers and sisters, as long as it is called today. He says, lest any of you be led astray uh, by a, a deceitful and unbelieving heart, hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So there's, there's got to be some input into our lives. And it, it doesn't say make it event-centered, like, you know, church happens every seven days or cow happens on Wednesday, or that's not going to be enough to generate the life uh, that God has for us. And we've got to, in some way, have relationships with each other where we know each other well enough that we can speak words that are life-giving and, and faith-inducing into each other. That's why church is community of people who are able to know and be known. Uh, it's, it, it's the inbreaking of new people into your life who you let know you and you allow yourself to know them and you have a customized word of encouragement. You know, it's encouragement. <laughs> that he says we need daily. That's, that's biblical anthropology. That, that's what it means to be a human being according to the Bible, is that we need encouragement on a daily basis because our faith fluctuates. So your faith is most important, so you should protect it and cherish it. Your faith fluctuates so guard it and surround yourself with input and be a person who gives input of, of faith to others because there are, there are two ways to get through the wilderness of this world. You can either go through it like much of Israel did. You know, we're gonna die, we're gonna die, we're gonna die. There's no water, there's no food. Uh, this is impossible uh, in this, constant, this sense of low-grade panic or high-grade complete panic, right? That was how they, they spent most of the time. Or and we don't see this a lot in scripture, or you can go through the wilderness saying, this is so impossible, I can't wait to see what God does to make himself known here. 
that, that pretty much is a choice that all of us are going to have at different key vantage points, if not every day, as we walk through 2023. We can either go through it and say, this is impossible, I'm, I'm completely defeated, we're gonna die, we're gonna die, we're gonna die, or we can go through saying, I wonder what God is gonna do to show himself real in this situation. <laughs> And I can tell you which one I want to live out because <laughs> I've spent enough time living the, oh no, this is so dark. I don't know what good can come of this. I can tell you, I have a journal from a uh, particularly difficult year several years ago that I remember in a sense embarrassedly writing because I knew it couldn't really be true. At least I wasn't being a, <laughs> true to what I had hoped I would live out, but just saying, God, I do not see anything but darkness in this situation. I do not see any hope. Liz were in that place, and I were in that place together. Um, it was good that I could write it out honestly before the Lord, but it was not a good way to go through that. It, and, and, and I'd rather have rewritten that year and say we were going through it saying, God, this is really dark. I can't wait to see when you break the light out. <laughs> That's the difference that faith makes. That's the difference that faith in the one who gave us Jesus makes. And so the final point I wanna just make is faith reaps great re rewards. When we exercise faith, again, faith is a response to a revelation from God. We're talking about what God has promised, what God has said. He has not said the wind is gonna always be at our back in 2023. Uh, in fact, um, I have a friend who always says, if you open your front door and you don't have a face down with the devil when you walk out the door, you're walking in the wrong direction. <laughs> uh, we believe that we live in a world and we have our own hearts where there will be adversity there, right? But faith brings with it its, its own reward. And, and part of that reward for us is we want to live in a way that we show people as well as demonstrate um, uh, to our loved ones and anyone who is paying attention that God is worthy of trust. Um, I will say to you, the people who have most shown me that God is worthy of trust have been people who've had some of the hardest blows in life. And, and they have shown me that God is worth trusting even when things are not going well. You remember um, Satan's accusation against Job was very simple. It says, does Job serve you for nothing? Because he had so much prosperity, so much comfort uh, that the, the adversary's accusation against Job is he's only trusting you because things are going his way. And he had the opportunity when all was stripped away to show that he was serving God simply for the worthiness of God himself. Amen. Um, faith brings that. And so the promise of God in Proverbs 3 is, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understandings. In all your way, acknowledge him. That's what faith responding to the revelation of God is doing. It's saying, I'm gonna get through this. I'm gonna trust that God is in control of the narrative. I'm gonna walk through this narrative not leaning on my own limited understanding of what, what is going on, what God is doing. And then I love this phrase, in all your ways acknowledge him. It means you stop, you pray. You revert the situation continually back to God. Um, one of my favorite counselors said that most of our misery that we have is because we allow ourselves to talk to us. You know, we all have this tape. It is going on 24 seven where we are talking to ourselves. We are interpreting events. And it says our misery becomes by just passively giving into that and letting 
an unreliable narrator, namely us, narrate our lives and talk to ourselves. And it says most misery comes because we allow that to take place instead of taking the promises of God in hand and talking back to ourselves. (laughs) Speaking back to ourselves against dark thoughts, hopeless thoughts, thoughts that have left God out of the narration. (laughs) And he's no longer in the control seat, in the control tower of our lives. And Proverbs says, in all your ways acknowledge him. And then what does it say? It says, and he will make your path straight. It doesn't say that he will make them problem free. Uh, It doesn't say that there won't be challenges and things that are bigger than ourselves, but it doesn't say that we'll escape the fiery furnace. Remember, those who were thrown into it said, you know, we know that God is able to deliver us. We know that God is God. And even if he doesn't deliver us, he is still God but that faith is, is the composition of our soul. And so if that is true, then what I would say is, what feeds your faith? Who feeds your faith? What activities feed your faith? What inputs feed your faith? Prioritize those. That, that is the most important thing that we can say in 23 is say, Lord, we wanna walk building the interpretation of everything else that goes on in our lives back to you. We wanna yield our relationships to you we want to yield the, the tone of voice, the answers we give, the times when we're silent. We want to yield to you that first and primary place. We want to prioritize the things that feed faith. Um, just like we would guard our eyesight or we would guard our mental acuity and alertness. Um, we'd say like, Lord, I want to do those things, those practices that make me have a peerless, uh, a clear um, view of the reality that you have for my life so that I show that Jesus Christ, who went to the cross for me, uh, Jesus Christ, who demonstrated he knows what's best for me, is worth trusting and worth living for. Um, Let's pray together. Father, on this new year, we are thankful for the gift of Jesus, the object of our faith. And we pray for your grace and your spirit to enable us to have the composure of life that that walks through life trusting you. Lord, thank you that our security is based not on our own goodness or righteousness or consistency, but through Christ. And so all we have to do is trust him. We don't have to build the bridge that gets us through this year. We simply need to trust your promise that Christ has built it and he is worthy, and he is reliable, and he is trustworthy. And so, Lord, um, enable us, Lord, to begin this year, continue this year in trusting you. We thank you that you have always been trustworthy. You have always been faithful to us. You are faithful right now, and you will be faithful in the future. There is no real risk to venturing our lives and our resources upon the premise that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we would just give this year, this new dawning of this year, as long as you would sustain us to you anew and afresh. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, as Bob said, um, faith is like the virtue that kind of toes along the rest of the virtues. 
uh, one of those virtues being joy. Um, we can have joy because of the faith that we have and the hope of Jesus. And so we're going to um, end with a very familiar song. And so you're invited to stand and join us as we sing Joy to the World. to begin knowing that he is going to remove that curse as far as it's found and we can walk in joyful confidence in that uh, I want you to lift up your hearts and I want to pronounce the blessing of Romans 15 13 over you now may the God of peace fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord amen
wonders of his love, wonders of his love. 